They're taking cherubin pots strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of the top end pub. So the Orange Comover wants to keep out the grey nomads in their caravans by building a wall, right? So he's declared a national emergency. Brilliant! Why can't our slack-ass pollies declare a national emergency and build us a bunch soon? Smith! Uh-oh. What's going on? More! Rob, 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 Rob. look at the time, man. Oh, Come yeah. on, we got to go. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishers and welcome aboard the tinny as we pose that very question. Indeed. That very question. If the orange comb over can build a wall, why can't our slack-ass pollies, instead of sitting around blowing and griping and stabbing each other in the back and forming parties and then unforming parties and deserting parties and then shifting parties and shifting allegiances and pollen parliament, why don't they just do something solid and build us a bloody monsoon? The brawl in Canberra was pretty entertaining though. Oh, the punch-up. Mm. Uh, but all you'd need to do, like the comb-over's done, is threaten to put government on hold, to shut government down. Yep. That's sure enough start listening to the top end and build us a bloody monsoon! <laughs> we invited the monsoon back last week, as you may recall, Fishos, and it clearly didn't work. In fact, not surprisingly, it's probably made it worse. I just had to turn the sprinklers on. It's oh, mid-February. I, I know, it's crazy. That made me sick going to the control booth. And whizzing them all back on. So here's the forecast from the Bureau. A monsoon break means build-up like conditions are being experienced across the top end. Does this, is this build-up now rivaling the great build-up of 2013-2014? I'm thinking so. We're pretty much into our four, halfway through the fourth month of build-up. You just walk down the street and see people grinding their teeth and, mm. and squinting at people as they pass by going, you mongrel, for no particular reason. Well, there's a bloody good reason. It's build-up stress. <laughs> Darwin has only a slight to medium chance of seeing even an afternoon shower or storm over the next week. Rainfall will stay below average during February. Monsoon, here's the kicker, not expected to return to the top end for at least three weeks. <laughs> build us a monsoon! We've only seen 740 mil of rain so far this wet and we'd normally be at about uh, 1270. Very ordinary. Meanwhile, I don't know if you saw this in the centre. The ground is so hot there, it's spontaneously combusting. Yeah. It's a genuine game of the ground is lava, which I didn't know about till I had a kid, but it's a brilliant game. You've got to walk everywhere and you're not allowed to touch the ground because it's lava. But that's actually what's happening at that Central Australian cattle station. They were cooking eggs on the ground. I'm still, uh, I'm still trying to work out this game. So what do you do, fly, Tim? If you no, can't... you just crawl across other people. All right, okay. <laughs> Jump onto other people. Or onto the dog. You hitch a ride on the dog because the dog can handle the lava, uh, but your feet can't, or you climb across the furniture and break everything. How's the dog go with you on his back? Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> I never win the game. But despite that, Robert, I've had reason to ponder my spiritual and temporal journey this week. Who invented this idea of life? What, what's it all about, and what's the tinny all about? Yeah, these are questions that a person needs to pose to oneself in quieter moments, Tim. I want more coin, want to be earning more money, but I don't want to work for it. Who does? I want to look after me now and into the future. You've got to think about your retirement and your superannuation. But I feel like I should be helping others less fortunate than me at mm. the same time. Of course, we all should, Tim. And beyond all that, I, I mean, all any of us ever really want is to just go fishing and drink beer well guess what thanks to the dinny and MDF you can have it all
you can go fishing. You can look after you. Yeah! You can look after others. Yeah! You can have your beer and drink it too! Bloody well, yeah! You can have your cake, you can eat it! How, Tim? How? How do we do it? Fish shows the last two MDF Tales from the Tinny charity tags are in the water. That's 20 grand worth of charity fish. Catch it, two and a half grand for you, two and a half grand for charity. So what, you say? There are heaps of tags in the water. What makes yours so different? Well, we're going to tell you exactly where they are. That's what's different. Rock and roll fishing, whoever would have thought. Why does it matter, though? I know you ask. Why does it matter if you give us a GPS point to 20 grand worth of barramundi? Well, as you may recall, Bill Sornock uh, from InfoFish telling us last year, he's the guy who's tagged every one of the MDF fish, bar these four, and he said repeatedly that they'll stay where they were released. The overwhelming majority are caught within spitting distance of where they were tagged. This week on the Tinny, the GPS marks for $20,000 worth of barramundi. Have your beer and drink it too! So I think I heard a boof. Holy crap. It was massive. There's another boof. You want to knock them on the head? Tales from the Tinny. Well, last week it was a pretty mournful and sombre reuniting with Warren DeWitt, the Ayatollah of the DKVR. And our grannies were all going to leave, our dogs were going to die. I can't say I'm feeling any more positive. In fact, even more morose this week, Warren, because now the forecast is out and the Bureau's telling us do not expect the monsoon within at least the next few weeks. This is nothing short of a goddamn disaster. No, you're dead right. It's very sad at the moment, and it's looking like, uh, as the Weather Bureau is saying, you can't really see any monsoon up north of us. There's a cyclone way over past Queensland. It's dragged all that weather again to that direction. So this year it seems to be that the uh, most of the weather's going down that east coast of Australia, and the top end's missing out pretty badly. So we need some storms, but we also need that monsoon to come back again. You know, we've still got March to go before we really sort of get ourselves in trouble, because last year we had... Uh, Cyclone Marcus comes through, I think, in March last year. So there's still a chance that we might get some rain. And a little later in the tinny, we'll hear from a man we know, love and trust, Kai Hansen on Goat Island. Oh, what, who, are, the, what are the ants doing? Who, he, no, it, 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 no, no ball. It's the crimson finches. Oh, that's right. They're starting to nest. Uh, you know, in previous years in big wets, he's had like hundreds nesting. He's got a few starting to nest. He's calling it for four weeks. Can we put any faith in uh, the reliability of Kai Hansen's Crimson Finch nesting predictions, I would Warren. say if you can't put faith Who in Kai you? Hansen, f- abandon hope. Abandon hope. Mm. We'll take anything at the yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> <Why won't you? laughs> even, even Kai's Crimson Bloody Finches. Exactly, mm. because uh, without that rain, we're not going to have much of a runoff, and obviously the fish is going to be a little bit tougher at the end of the, the runoff or at the end of the wet season this year, and, and hopefully... You know, the rivers will clean up pretty quick, but normally they don't. What happens is you, you'll end up getting that dirty water come into the river, and because we don't have any flooding going on and water washing down and cleaning it out, it stays dirty for longer, so it gets a bit harder even then waiting for it to clear up. But, Warren, we, we talk every wet season about being Johnny in the spot, these little mini runoffs that happen after a bit of rain and rivers start to drop. Are we coming into some of those opportunities or some of those windows on the big river where... Uh, this little break could provide some good fishing. You might need to look over your shoulder, Tim. Mm. Might have already gone past. No, oh, no. <laughs> Johnny's Johnny's left the building. Johnny's yeah, out. I, don't know. I, I reckon we're in trouble. It, it look, there is some little runoffs happening, and and it's not all doom and gloom. I, I'm trying. I'm trying really I, hard I, here. But Johnny's. I can see what you're trying to do. Johnny's been shot. To do. Johnny's dead. <laughs> He's wounded. <laughs> He's not dead. He's, He's not just dead? limping. It's only a flesh back. wound. Yeah, he'll survive this. He always comes back. He, he won't leave us just yet. He can't. <laughs> Please, don't. Oh, Johnny. Look, do we, even, do we even bother looking at the Daily specifically then? Or, or Mouth uh, of the South or, or, or Adelaide? You know, there I'm are hearing, some... There I'm are hearing some whispers rep- about the Mouth of the South. Yeah, and, and there are I'd some be, reports, uh, yep. although I'm clinging on to anything from Wiltshire's and the Narrows. No, I'd, I'd be looking at all those major rivers at the mouths because those bigger breeding fish and those... You know, younger 
male fish are still going to be out the front of those river systems. So it's just a matter of working out. I mean, I was up in Darwin on Thursday, and I can't believe how windy it is up there blowing, you know, in that westerly direction. And, I mean, you wouldn't want to be offshore, and you wouldn't want to be out in front of um, Shady Camper at the moment either because it'll be just rolling in out there. So mm. we need these westerly winds to die off to help allow people to get offshore a little bit and be able to fish on those bigger river systems because it's just going to dirty it up to the point where you can't see. Having said that, we're going into neat tides this weekend, so the tide phase is really good to have a crack out there at those bigger tides. So if the wind dry, dies off and you can get a chance to get off there, it'll be worth a look. The mouth of the south, I'm hearing good reports, even upstream on the south, it has had a fair bit of water, or a reasonable amount of water, I won't say a fair bit, up on the floodplains of the south, and it has started to um, come down and go over the banks and so forth, and the bigger tides this week that have just finished helped hold it up and pop it out over the bank. So I can see some fishing, and as you alluded to, a mini window of runoffs, and you just got to be that man called Johnny to be able to take advantage of it. Or possibly Joni, Warren. <laughs> I've actually heard too that the the south, the top of the south is running pretty well and producing some fish up there. Yeah, we heard the same last week. Mm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm getting reports back of people saying that as well. And look, the Rover Bar's on 600, um, which it came up, and, and which is really good too because... You know, it's higher than what it has been, I suppose, and toes on the end of the cement as you go across, otherwise you'll come off and it'll be a bit embarrassing. And you've got to be a bit careful down there, folks, because there is a couple of good crocodiles now taking up residence on that uh, bar because it's not used as a um, traffic anymore because we've got a new bridge. So those crocodiles are quite happy to live there now. So just be careful when you go down there. Be, you may present yourself as food. And Warren, Lisa's headed out to see Ray at the Buff Creek boat ramp. Does Afant know anything about uh, the parks and, I think it's a parks and wildlife survey, asking fishers down there if they want to keep the compound or not? Yeah, they're conducting a survey. This has come about simply for the cost of running that compound out there. And parks and wildlife are looking at how often it's used and, and whether it can be continued to be funded. So that's why they're undertaking a survey to get some feedback from the public. So everybody should have a look at that and uh, put their two bobs worth in because uh, at the end of the survey, Parks and Wildlife are going to make a decision about ah. whether they will keep it. Wait, or Ray can't, Ray can't cost it. that much, can he? I mean, you'd, he'd be happy to work for a feed of mud crabs <laughs> or, or icy no. poles. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, a golden gay time every every now so, and then. So they are actively considering closing this that has come up before. It's we, been we, there 10 we, or 15 years hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And we've dealt with this once before where it came up where Parks and Wildlife wanted to um, remove it. But, you know, with CCTV camera down there now and better lighting and everything, they're saying that there's maybe not a need. We, we discussed this at our committee meeting in Darwin on Wednesday night as well. And we're undertaking some looking into it as well, just to see whether there is another alternative in way we can run a compound there. Because having said that, a lot of places are going to compounds where they're offering recreational fishermen secure parking to allow them to leave their boats overnight or their vehicles, sorry, overnight when mm. they go offshore. So I would not like to see it gone totally. Um, I know it's costly to, to run that and I don't know whether they're recouping their costs from it, but certainly the compound, you know, for those people who are going on a overnight trip, gives you peace of mind knowing that you're yeah. going to come back in your car is still in one piece. Right, mate. Well, the peace of mind we're looking for, of course, comes in the form of a little bit of a monsoonal Your precipitation. Tr- but in the meantime, keep your chin up, fella. Let's all try and look on the bright side of life. Bugger me, we'll is there Johnny one? Johnny a blood transfusion, <laughs> and he'll be back stronger than ever next week. Johnny's back! <laughs> See you, Warren. <laughs> See you, boys. Tell from the tinny. Get a muddled up your brass. Breaking news on the tinny. We're taking you live now to News 24 for an urgent press conference from NT Police. Rightio. We right to start this pretty soon, folks. That's good. Let's go. I'm Detective Superintendent Get a Mullet Up You from Task Force Purple Tag. Yesterday at approximately 8.30am in the morning... Operation Purple Tag deployed three members to a location within a 350-kilometre radius of Darwin CBD. They were deployed in a marine vessel and the purpose of that operation was to continue trying to apprehend a latis calcarifa in which to jam a Purple Tag. This operation has been going for at least three months. Approximately 1.45pm yesterday, Operation members received notification that a Pacific member of that three-man deployment 
applied a reasonable amount of force by way of star drag backed up with thumb. And that force led to the apprehension of said Barramundi, who tried to decamp the marine vessel in a northwesterly direction. Upon apprehension, the Barramundi became the recipient of a purple tag in its dorsal fin region. Get him, get him, get him. Oh, that is a purple tag, my friend. But that's, that's going to come in at 58, I reckon. This is the purple tag fish. Oh, he's going to be short. 54. No, he's 50. 54. No, no, no. He is 55 on the nose. Do we all agree he's 55? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> This is teamwork. So. Look at you shaking like a fish. No, well, oh, I got a tag, I got a tag. I've been chasing a tag fish for months. Oh, he's, he is 55 on the nose. I can advise you that Barramundi was then released on bail into the water from whence it was apprehended. We are encouraging members of the public who may have seen that apprehension not to come forward, not to provide information, and just to forget what they saw. This has been a long and complex operation and we are very proud of the work we have done. That concludes my official statement today. I'll take questions uh, next Monday because now I'm going to the pub. Thank you. Landed more multiples this year than I've ever seen. It's unique. Yeah, the Wobbegong Princess. <laughs> Crocodiles are a myth. <laughs> Tales from the Tinny. How about that? Hmm? Lats on Facebook. Gee, that didn't take long, Andy. Ha! I nice, thought, nice slap. I thought I saw a flying pig last night, too. It's true, Lats. It happened. It's cruel, isn't it? Life did it. is cruel. And how was the tension on that boat? Oh, my God. The tension You've, after a dry spell mm. is extraordinary. The, mm. the pressure builds up inside mm. you. When you Andy just need release. And shortly after that, Andy returned home for dinner with Sean, who's the Purple Warrior, and his wife, Andrea but with no fish for tea, so the tension just ramped up even more. Like you caught fish and there's nothing on the table! Delicious mm. curry. Mm. You've let Agent Purple fish uh, under my captaincy today. Did you have any <laughs> expectations? <laughs> I was hoping for fish for dinner tonight. We're eating curry and it is just uh, magnificent. It's really tasty, but it's not fish. But we did catch fish, didn't we? Apparently. You realise what... Agent Purple's done today. He saved the day. <laughs> Released dinner, but saved the day. <laughs> I actually thought you were going to wet yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I did. I'm very proud of what we've done today. I'm hoping that somebody will actually catch this fish and pocket this $2,500, and the rest of the money can go to charity. We're very happy about that. Job well done, guys. But look at what you've done for charity, guys. Mm. Two and a half grand for you. Two and a half grand for, for the angler, that is, and two and a half grand for charity. If you catch that fish, it's 55 centimetres. This is the Tales from the Tinny charity tag uh, MDF fish number three. 55 centimetres. Here are the GPS marks. Pens at the ready. Here are the GPS marks. Get the pens at the ready. 12, 35, 683. And east, 130, Eight one seven. It's location Darwin Harbour, in West Arm, in the right inlet. Now that's the, quite specific. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. The, the reason that GPS mark and the data matters is that we've continually been told. I don't know how many times we need to say it. They are more often than not. That's eighty to ninety percent of the time caught within spitting distance of where they were released. Home bodies. They're home bodies, Barramundi. So, so get out there. Get out there and nail it for you and for charity. Congratulations to Sean Handley, who was the uh, angler, and uh, Packy Andy, who is attempting to claim all the credit for being the uh, skipper. <laughs> and on, reclaim his manhood at the same time. He just kept going with the data too. It was caught on the cast, guys. It was a shallow diving hard body, netted very well uh, and skippered very well by Andy Wharton and released very fit. But wait, there's more. Stay tuned because it doesn't end there. Full of bluster, head swelling like a weather balloon. Andy stole Rocky's tag <laughs> and hit the water again. He's on a winning streak. Cheeky. He's on a winning streak. I said, I'm going to bung it and drive this baby home. And he broke into her house and flogged her tag. He was so full of himself because <laughs> he got a 55. So while he's on a winning roll, he thought, I'm going again.
Listen to this bastard. It's not often we'd, we'd refer to one of the church as a bastard, but I think this is warranted. Pull me up if not, Rob. Mick from down south has, has given us a hoy this week. Uh, hey, lads. Sitting in a Japanese ski resort waiting for a little bit more snow to fall before uh, hitting the slopes. Listening to you two bastards. Right back at you, Mick. <laughs> Tokyo fishing shops next week, then Ishigaki Island the week after for hopefully some GTs, tuna and coral trout. Really looking forward to it. Might give you a report if I feel like it. Mick from down south. International <laughs> jet setting and uh, rubbing it in. <laughs> You're a <bastard>. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay McDonald, a.k.a. the sloth, uh, due to his ex- uh, extraordinarily large arms in proportion to the rest of his torso. I'm with you, Jay. It's cruel what people say about us. <laughs> Keepers of, the, keepers of the church, I have a question for you. I'm a southern potty mullet from the state that used to govern you. Oh, that'll be the, what are they, the Croatis. Your mob. Thus I claim to be an honorary southern territorian. Fair enough, that's a claim that you could possibly defend in a court of law, I suspect. At least suspect. you're not sending it from a ski slope in Japan. Yeah, you could defend it historically, that's for sure. I've recently caught a few Murray cod. My problem is that I haven't caught them from the Murray. As the Queenslanders who stole your monsoon also steal the water from the Murray. Don't they what? Oh, my Lord. Thus, I've been forced to catch them from a dam mm. where they were released some 30 years ago. Fish in a barrel. Fish in a barrel. Naturally bred, but introduced. Mm. We restate fish in a barrel. I'm not trying to claim a PB. Just the fact that I've caught one. Okay, good. He gets it. Yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. Can I make that claim or not? Yes, you can, brother. When you've yeah. when you've phrased it like that, yep. when you've put in that caveat, you are well within your rights to make that claim. And let's analyse the request. He's not no. he's not wanting to claim a particularly big fish or a PB. Just that world record. You caught a cod. Yes, if you catch a barra in a stocked impoundment, that's a, a barra. It, it's a barra. You have caught a cod. Yep. Just don't tell the story with a puffed up chest and a big head at the bar, because you don't. Just let it slide as an aside. Mm. It. It's not a. It's not a like a, It's not a linchpin uh, benchmark or attention grabbing anecdote you're able to tell here. Mm. Joe, Joe the sloth says, uh, "I'm happy to take the judgment to the church, and I think that judgment has just been passed on, brother. You've done well." P.S. Last year, my younger brother got me a Go Fast Red 11Y120Y Go Go Fast Red sticker. Jeez, they're getting more and more difficult to pronounce every week, those yeah. stickers. Not only has my catch rate increased by 74%, I bloody told you it's science, sloth. Science will not be denied. But I've also lost weight. Oh, Good. that's a power. That's a power that we haven't been heretofore been advised of. My grey hair has darkened. And I seem to have got luckier with a missus. Well, we know that that's a fact. That's an absolute fact, Tim. Well, it's, it's hard work when you're a sloth to have any... Love you, action. You're not the most appealing of species, but... Stop it, mate. Us but Simians the sticker... are humans too. <laughs> the sticker will do it. Oh, you would have heard... Well, you might have heard fishos about this shark attack near Umbacumba during the week. He was trying to get the fish, and as he's come over, he's, he's trying to bite the fish and just ended up with, with my arm in his mouth. As he's shaking away to get away from it, he pull my arm up a little bit. The sharks just sort of coming out of nowhere and, and accidentally tagged me when it was trying to get the fish and, and I could see that he hadn't hit any of the main arteries or anything on the inside of the arm and gave me hand a bit of a wiggle, made sure that he hadn't severed any tendons. You need to accept that when you enter the sea, you enter the food chain and not the top. So every time we get in the water, we accept the risks that we take and having the sharks there is part of it and every single real spear fisherman knows that the sharks are never going to intentionally go you, and if they do, it's, it's a very, very, very rare exception. Best thing to do is just let them have the fish, and they'll basically leave you alone. I'd, I'd be quite happy, happy to um, jump back in tomorrow and, and go and retrieve the gun that I had to leave behind. <laughs> That's right, fella. Hey, you got to like his style. What you do is you just got to shake your arm around a bit to yeah. make sure that no tendons <laughs> have been severed it hasn't and been carry ripped. on. But just shake your arm and make sure it's still there and it hasn't been ripped off <laughs> and then hop back in. What I'm really liking about Hoy this week, by the way, is, is how uh, true to the MO of the tinny they all are. First hmm. you get Mick from down south hanging crap on us. Yep. Then you get the sloth seeking some guidance and talking up the sticker. Yep. You get attitudes like this. You know, this is the tinny church. This is just carry on regardless. Get, get bitten. Just get back in. 
and how aligned is Alan Hunter and his performance during the week to the uh, to the ethos of the tinny? This is one of the congregation you might have heard the name before. He's the bloke who annoyingly started calling everything Woods Inlet, but had a house break in during the week, demonstrating some of the key values of the tinny church in response. So I've jumped out from beyond this uh, bushes as such. They've shit themselves. There's uh, six of them there. And I'm just straight after the big one. He's peeled out onto the road. I'm after him. He's done a 180 around a fence, a big, decent sort of fence. And, like, I'm staring at him straight through the fence, so i got a good eyeball of this bloke. Anyway, his mate's thrown him a baseball bat. Oh, this is not good. This is not where I need to be. Anyway, old mate, sure enough, he's now on the attack. So I'm on the back foot, and I was, try- I was trying my best to get a swing at him, but, uh, mate, he missed me nose by an inch a couple of times with this bat. So it was a bit of a Mexican standoff. I couldn't get him and he couldn't get me. And so that's what we mean when we say valiant Fisher. <laughs> Too right. He's got a bat, but I'm going I'm to have a swing anyway. <laughs> but the stupid kids flogged his phone during the break-in and left it on. So he traced them using the Find My iPhone app and had another crack. Down the track, I've ended up back there and I've come face to face with this little kid. I'm saying to him, mate, you've got no idea whose house you're breaking into, mate. He was shaking bloke with the baseball bat I caught up with him last night he actually tried to game me with a chainsaw he couldn't get it started so that was pretty funny I was actually laughing at him because he it was a very small chainsaw and he couldn't get it started they had all the keys of the house cars the whole shooting match so that's like Saturday night I stayed up with a bloody compound bow ready to go <laughs> rough justice uh, I tell you what though one thing I'll sloth and I who uh, you, uh, a tinny audience may not know, some people... Is you'd run for the hills if a kid came at you with, no, a, with no, a chainsaw? No, no, you cruelly refer to me often as the chimpanzee the or, man, or the, or the, the man, manatan. The man the man Because of my supposedly longer than uh, yeah. torso arms. That's where it comes in against the baseball bat yeah. swinging young <laughs> hood. Like, just hold them back. <laughs> that's <laughs> it, like the three stooges. <laughs> yeah, because your arm is longer than the reach of the, uh, the baseball bat. Uh, anyway, Alan, uh, and, and others uh, upholding the values of the tinny as honourably as, as as he has, this is for you. In honour of a diligent dedication to the upholding of Tinny principles, in honour of an unwavering adherence to the Tinny's operational ethos, in honour of the fact that your thoughts, words and deeds mark you out as a bloody champion, we in the Tinny salute you, Fisho, and hereby bestow on you the TFT Honourable Mention. And bloody well earned. Oh, quick postscript. Uh, Tales from the Tinny does not condone vigilante behaviour, etc, etc, etc. It's not a good idea. Just call the police and let them deal with it. Et cetera, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Have you got another one of those ready? Because I think we might need one after this okay. uh, next be item. Ready. Rookie's been uh, on the on the hoy again. Oh. It's another rig! Another rig. Oh, he's getting a bit excited, though, because it looks to me on the app like it's actually being towed into the harbour, this one. It's in transit. So fishing around that as it's on the move... He's going to land you in a little bit of poo, but Rookie pushes on. It's currently under tow, but it's slow. No, don't suggest. (laughs) Rookie, shut up. What do we need to know? (laughs) FYI, it's at a park-up point in South Gutter, and Ah. it's there for 50 days, uh, 60 days. There's critical information. Uh, do you want Tales to do any disclaiming t- again? Tales from the Tinny does not condone you fishing in the fishing channel in or around moving uh, uh, oil rigs nor anywhere near them when they're stationary because we don't actually know if it's legal but proceed yep. with confidence until otherwise advised. Over. <laughs> Design details are out for the Mandora jetty and wait for it, the boat ramp. Woohoo! 50 million all up but couldn't work out how much they planned to spend on the ramp because they didn't, didn't give details of it. Uh, there's going to be a breakwater structure, a rock groin, a gangway, a floating pontoon, and they say part of that 50 mil is to go to the boat ramp. There is already run one there, of course, but no one uses it because it's crap and gets all silted up and uh, not well, particularly they usable. They had a perfect template in uh, the Dundee ramp. That could have oh, yeah, just do another good. one of them. That goes all right. Uh, they're going to put in some car park and trailer parking as well. And another quick one just coming in from Waddy. Snuck for a quick spin down to the daily with paddles from Top End Barra Fishing yesterday for a shakedown of his boat before work starts. River's low but doesn't seem to be worrying the fish. And there was a little photo album there of quite a few barra, so they're around. If people want to give us a hoi, Timmy, how do they do that? Fishing at abc.net.au is the email address or send us a message on Facebook. Shoot it, share it, shout it! Give us a hoi. Ray's the uh, caretaker down at Buffalo Creek. G'day, Ray. As you probably know. 
Fishos. You might have used it or at least bumped into him for a, uh, a paddle pop or a chin wag. Golden Gate time. Fishos, it is one of the true great ice creams of all time, the Golden Gate time. Mm. And Fishos, if you use Buffalo Creek or, or you know someone who does, if you use that compound, it's a good idea to jump online to Afant Facebook or Tinny Facebook now because there's a survey running and Parks and Wildlife are... You can do it online or they're meeting you at the boat ramp at certain times. Looking at, essentially, if you read between the lines, whether it's worth the money uh, and effort and time keeping it, as we heard a, a little bit earlier with Warren. Not the first time they've asked the question about the Buff Creek um, secure compound. Ray's had a yarn with Lisa the Brave to give her the goss. Uh, yes, it started last weekend and the NT government, Parks and Wildlife. They're asking for public comment on whether they should keep the compound active or turn it back into just a car park. It's good that they've asked for public comment rather than just going out and closing it down. So when it initially kicked off in 2004, it was public comment that actually got the initiative going to have the compound. And so I think it's just a good idea to be able to get the feedback on whether to keep it going or not. Tell me a bit more about what you do here for Fishos. Well, we look after their vehicle and trailer for them while they're out fishing and that can be up to a few days. We get fishos in the season that go over to Bathurst and Melville and up to five or six days and, you know, four or five nights. They stay in the compound so they know that their their vehicle is secure. When they get back, they can just uh, pick it up and go. That can be any time of day or night because we are are a 24-hour service. Back around 2004, before you guys were set up, what was happening around Buffalo Creek to make you guys exist? Fishos were having major problems with their vehicles and uh, trailers being tampered with while they were out fishing. Vehicles were being stolen, burnt out, um, windows broken and it was a really good government initiative to get it going in the first place. Have you noticed a drop in the issues that they were having before you guys came along? Absolutely. It's been uh, a combination of a lot of things, but I think having a presence here 24-7 has educated the people of what they can and can't do around Buffalo Creek because not only for the CCTV cameras being incorporated in the last upgrade, there's always someone keeping an eye out. I'm unsure whether the cameras are being monitored 24-7. It's just a good idea to have somebody else here keeping another eye out. And even when they're uh, fishing off the bank, off land-based fishing, I mean... We're a good contact if something happens, an emergency contact. Uh, Only two weeks ago we had to assist in in getting a fisherman off the beach that was severely dehydrated and little things like that, we're here to help. Why do you think that this survey's come about? Well, obviously through um, the current economic situation, Mr Gunner has already made it quite clear that he'll be asking his department CEOs uh, whether they have to cut money and this is probably one that needs to be. Some people might call this a luxury item if having somebody here and giving advice the correct advice saves a life well then I think it's a luxury item that we should have. Parks and Wildlife Commission have rangers here in the mornings just as the incoming tide they're probably here for a couple of hours and they are asking fishos and land-based fishos questions in regards to this survey. I suppose it's going to give them a, a broad idea of just who uses Buffalo Creek not only for the recreational fishing people but bird watchers everything else that goes on down here I mean it is quite a diverse area you know with regards to vandalism and uh, partying down here I mean we'd hate to see it go ahead like uh, East Point did and they gated off to everybody for after hours um, and that'd be a terrible shame. What have you been hearing on the fishing and crab front? Over the last week there's been a couple going in and out no reports of any fish being caught there's no reports of any fish being caught land-based either. Do you reckon they're keeping the secret squirrels very close to their chest and not wanting to give it away to uh, crowd out the area? I think it's not good fishing time anyway. I do suspect this weekend will be the tides if people want to get out. There's a lot of jelly prawn in the in the creek which the barra are feeding on, so they're going to be not only in the creeks, they're going to be out in the Shoal Bay around the rock area. A long-term customer of ours this morning went out and he came back very happy and he just crabbed Buffalo Creek and he said he got a nice catch of good full bucks. So he was very happy. Sounds like it might be a weekend to drop in some pots as well as a line. Absolutely. I hope you get lots of uh, support for the compound that you're running here. Keep us posted on all events at Buffalo Creek. Will do. Thank you. Tales from the Tinny.
If we do lose the compound, maybe we could just employ Lisa the Brave. Yeah. Buy her a bottle of rum to get her fired up, send her down there at about six o'clock at night. Yeah, six till six. (laughs) Six till six. (laughs) Doing the swing (laughs) shit. What are you looking at that vehicle? (laughs) What are you doing here? Get your eyes off the trailer. And uh, do you remember this from last week, Timmy? We've got the fish on, and uh, as I'm getting it out of the net, I've looked over to her partner. Kevin's down on one knee with what looked like to be a ring box. What's going on here? I wanted to have a romantic proposal done to her, and um, no better spot in Darwin. Yeah, the adrenaline was rushing through my veins. I was so happy. Next minute. They did say, I said, if the barra doesn't happen for the missus, the ring doesn't go on, mate. <laughs> So not too much pressure, you know. Feel good, feel good story of 2019. Oh, it was. Yes, Kevin, uh, better known as Port and Hahn, getting engaged in a 40-knot blow at Shady Mouth. Under the, under the pump skipper, Jared Godson, managing to put Hahn onto a barrier. The story has gone womba during the week, Timmy. NT News heard it on the tinny and ran with it, as did other syndicated news sites. Now Hahn and Pud are being showered with offers of celebrants and venues are and they? other gratuitous wedding-style contracts. Oh, that's good. <laughs> to, to that's en- brilliant. To entice them to close the propositional engagement <laughs> loop. By tying the knot up here in the top end as well. Maybe it was all just for show. You're in trouble now, Pud, because you've got to deliver. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Come on, mate. When's good, the wedding? Good on you, Mob. Hope we get an invite. Yeah, that's fantastic. Every stop that we went to, the smell's pretty rank. Oh, no, it's stuffed. It's gone. Tales from the Tinny. This next bloke started making videos of his fishing adventures while living out at King Ash Bay. He uh, got a bit of a following around the joints, apparently, and uh, gets pulled over by uh, young fishos around town who want their photo taken with him. Fame! Really? Fame, apparently. Well, this is what I'm told. Good on him. Well, he moved to Darwin last year, and step by tentative step, he's getting out and exploring the glorious and sometimes fickle fishing spots around this part of the top end. You're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. (laughs) G'day, I'm Mikey Cunningham from NT Fishing Adventures. We launched at Shady, which is still dark. Two boats, three blokes, and yeah, we headed down to the mouth of Sampan Creek. I've been to Shady Camp just the once before. Fished off the barrage, caught lots of little rats, but I headed down there this time with a mate just because he's been there fishing before, so we, we thought we'd launch my boat and get me familiar with the river down there. Whenever he comes fishing with me, he tends to take the driver's seat and I head up the front. I don't know why it sort of works out like that, but yeah, he's been down that river quite a few times, so he's very familiar with it. How was the river looking at the barrage? It's nothing like I've seen from photos and video footage from previous years. Maybe a foot of water coming over the barrage. There is water on the floodplains, but it's just not what you'd expect for this time of year. Was it tough fishing? We did leave really early in the morning, but admittedly we were probably still an hour behind schedule. We probably should have been fishing the last of the run out by the time we got there and then the first of the run in. It was pretty much dead low when we got there, and the fishing was good to start with, with regular hookups and landing fish. My first cast had two hits, just wound in, as it is on, on his first bloody cast. Oh, yeah, we got him. It's a fish. We'll take it, beautiful. 49, 50, 50. So not quite legal. Bloody very silver, beautiful. But then it shut down really quick. And I think when you hear people talk about bite windows and things like that, with the bigger tides that we get here, the bite window was quite small. So we were in position at at the right time, but only sort of on the second half of it. When it shut down, it proper shut down. There was no fish to be had. The idea was to work our way back up the creek and find good fish along the way. But that just sort of didn't work out. It just completely shut down. We were looking for that tannin colour water to come out of the feeder creeks, but it just wasn't happening. There just wasn't enough runoff. Right up near the barrage, we did find a couple of creeks and we went exploring up them, but uh, there was no bait up them. So we went exploring up some of these feeder creeks and they did look amazing. They were really fishy, but there wasn't any bait, no hits, no action up there. At the main barrage itself, there was plenty of little rats to be had. There was people fishing off the barrage. I could see getting hookups and hits every cast. 
but uh, just little rats. When you got up to Sampan, was it blowing a gale? Before we left, we'd looked at the weather report and, yeah, it was going to be windy. We, what we really wanted to do is head out to the mouth and go up some of those coastal creeks. But by the time we got out there, the wind had started to pick up and there was just no chance. We would have got smashed. We were only in little boats. We did land several fish down at the mouth at Sandpan there. The biggest was actually my boss, which he's given me a hard time about. You bloody ripper. Well, well done to Steve. He's done uh, fairly well there to get the 71 centimetre barra. Landed in the boat by himself. We got a couple of fish on our boat. I got three, uh, as I got one. So, yeah, it was just that bite window. We got them all in a very short amount of time. And what kind of sizes were you catching? Not as big as I would have liked. They weren't rats, but a few of them weren't legal, so sort of maybe the low 50s up to, yeah, mid-70s. Very silver, very fat, look like they've been well-fed. It's going to be great down there once we actually get this rain, fingers crossed. <laughs> I think there'll be a few rain dancers around town for that one. There's a few fishos holding off for that runoff. You spent a lot of time in King Ash Bay, is that right? Yeah, I lived in King Ash Bay for about five years with my wife. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful part of the world. I know the area quite well. well How do you find the fishing out there? Any fisho out there that hasn't been to King Ash Bay is almost certainly planning at some stage a, a trip. It's just one of those places you've just got to go to. Everyone has a story about King Ash Bay. Everyone knows someone that has been there or has a shack there or something like that. It's just a great part of the world. What's the main difference that you've found from your five years at King Ash Bay to coming to Darwin? What have you found to be the most challenging? On the MacArthur River there, you'll find like a really big tide, might be, say, three metres of run. You might get two days a year where there's three metres of run. Down there, if there was three metres, I'd say, oh, there's too much run, I'm not going fishing. I came up here to Darwin, and a three-metre tide is, is almost a neap tide here. It, it's, it's just very, very different. So down in the Gulf, you, you don't need to worry about the big tides, small tides. You can pretty much go fishing any day of the year and you're going to get something. I had no idea how lucky I was down there. Mikey, thank you so much for having a chat with us. Thanks for having me. Keep watching my videos. Get a mullet up, yeah. Red, fast and free. Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Some say it's been scented with a barramundi pheromone. Some say it's scientifically proven in the effective removal of leg hair. Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the Tinny on Facebook to get yours. Which is exactly what Ryan has done. And he said, Hoi, Titty Legends. Hello, Ryan. It always starts with a bit of a talking up, doesn't it? Buttering up never goes astray in this world, Ryan, as you obviously well know. Recently listened to a few tinny apps in a row while en route to a remote waterhole on the Vic. Mm-hmm. Aside from having a good chuckle, I was definitely ready for a frothy when I arrived. Good. Tinny will do that to you every single time. Uh, fish with Stacey Riley and Stacey's son Lewis in the aptly named Fins and Tins 2. A Franken tinny in all of its glorious 12 foot that has, <laughs> that has a decent cam- canopy donated from a Hilux. Oh, oh that's a nice modification. Oh, Canvas this, and all. This sounds brilliant. Oh, it sounds like a great tinny. And about a frothy can worth of freeboard when us and our gear are all on board. That sounds brilliant too. So what there's... There's, there's Ryan, there's Stacey, Riley, and so there's four of them in this 12-footer. No wonder it's only got one can of freeboard. Can you send us some pics? I want to yeah. see this Hilux Fully canopy. Loaded. Fully yeah. loaded, please. Yeah. Uh, the boys have been getting a few decent fish in the mid-70 to 80 range, topping out at a fat 86, which is very nice. And every fish that goes in the esky, there's less freeboard, I'm thinking. Mm. Despite my desire to cast the water into a foam around some very fishy-looking snags, trolling was the order of the day. It was more suited to the spatially challenged vessel. Yeah, yeah you can't oh, stand up. Well, four wands waving around in that. No, that's not a good Not idea. a lot of headroom on a Hilux canopy either. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> you know, when you used to go to, for a ride to the yeah. pub in the back of someone's ute. Yeah, yeah. Squat down. You would have been in big trouble with your simian man-pansy arms. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Me and Sloth are getting hurt now. And the partaking of the frothy and the waffle. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the quality of said waffle or the quantity of the frothy, but I had to share a lure retrieval attempt that I witnessed. Riley, having caught every leaf, stick and piece of mobile debris during our trial, had managed to snag a six-foot lure in four metres of water. 
During the backtrack, he decided the best method to employ wasn't a grunt and a groan or a bloody good pull from the direction we approached the snag, or even a bit of slack to float it or other such conventional methods. Apparently, a swim was in order. Oh, oh, hello. Controversial, controversial. Off he jumps to retrieve that petrochemical-derived idol of the mullet, submerging himself feet first to follow the line and reclaim his lure. They're, when, they're on the Vic, aren't they? They're on the Vic. Yeah, yeah. not in Victoria, on the Vic River. <laughs> when, when I noticed his rod still on the deck of Fins and Tins too, nearly following him into the drink while he was underwater, I decided to hang onto it for him and wind on some of the slack line. Now, I'm not sure if it was the motion alone or the fact that the log he was snagged on moved on its own. Oh, no, you're But Riley kidding. quickly returned to the surface like a blind mullet from the old po-shooter and was looking <laughs> a bit pale. I just, that's totally understandable. He gingerly swam back to the boat, ever so careful not to splash, while all the time insisting, Cut the f***ing line! Cut the It's on a croc. Was it, was it on a croc? I'm thinking so. Over and over again through gritted teeth. I was in a dilemma. If it was a croc and not a log, would I be better keeping pressure on the line with the lure lodged in mm. stone to distract it mm. or cut the line and hope for the best? Yeah, like is a croc going to go you when it's trying to get a lure out of Shake its head? Shake the lure out of its head. Tough call. I would have cu- cut it. Yeah, we cut the line eventually as Riley neared the boat and he seemed to levitate back on board <laughs> like a poo shooter out of the water, like an Exocet missile. Are these uh, his fecal references, or are you just <laughs> dropping them in for colour? Oh, some of them, some of mine. Some, you know, a bit of I'll leave that question with you to ponder. Never saw if it was a croc or not, but Riley was adamant, and I'll take his word for it. Far I, out. I wasn't going to check. Fins and tins, too, would look so much better with the TFT Super Go Fast Red 120YYY measuring device as yep. well. Yep. Which I can send on, as thanks for opening Stacey's chapter of the Tinny Church for me this afternoon. And... For the 78 centimetre barra, I boated while the boys caught logs, leaves, and catfish. Cheers, Ryan. Well, firstly, Tim, Bloody. absolutely, you'll get a sticker. That was a I, cracking yeah. That, that was gripping. But once again, I think you better disclaim it's a very uh, good policy in the territory not it, to get in the water. Doesn't it, Tinny? Believes it's absolutely stupid madness to get in to try to retrieve a twenty-dollar lure, twenty-dollar maximum, by the way, from a crocodile's mouth. Unless you yeah. might be in the Murray River. First Murray <laughs> River, you might be okay. First rule of the Tinny: stay in the boat. Second rule of the Tinny: uh, refer to rule one. Tales from the Tinny. Anthony Bergamo is the president of the Nullumboy Regional Sports Fishing Club and it's pretty hard to find anywhere out of the blow uh, at the moment. It's blowing over the Tiwis, it's blowing over a lot of the territory, although there are always windows being found, especially if you can sneak away land-based. Anthony, how are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, we're terrific. Any opportunity? I mean, how's the, how's the morale in these weather conditions over at Gove at the moment? Is, is people walking down with their chins in their <laughs> chest? It's, Depressed, their beards blowing back over yeah. their shoulders. Yeah, oh, I think they were the last couple of weeks, but everyone's, um, I think, anticipating this weekend to be pretty good. We've finally got the weather dropping down to nought to five or five to ten. So, oh, oh, that little, yeah, yeah. So, um, we're all hanging out. So, oh. that'll have timed out well for the uh, shootout, the Bill shootout yeah. on this weekend, mate. Yeah, mate, yeah, there's a billfish comp this weekend, two-day comp, and um, a few of the local guys, are all, and, and women, I should say. The lady who runs the tackle shop, she's um, very keen to get out and get another one again. Is this the sort of season over in Gove that performs well for, for Billy's, Anthony? Um, this time of year can be good, I guess. Um, it's, it's been a bit of a quiet year. Not many people have got out, and when they have, there's a couple of boys that have done really well raising them and missed a lot. Um, but this year's been a bit quiet from what I've been able to gather. Yeah, um, mid-wet season, early February, big call putting on a billfish comp in what yeah, should be what should be pouring down and monsoonal. Yeah, well, from what they reckon, February's meant to usually be our wettest month. And <laughs> so let's have a fishing comp. Went. Who's they, yeah. mate? Yeah. Who's they Stuff who reckon they? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't know, mate, but we haven't had any, well, we've had a bit of rain, but bugger all, eh? Mm. I think that whatever's been going down on the East Coast has just been bringing this westerly past us and tried to blow us away, which it didn't succeed in doing, and um, it had to give up at some point, and 
Yeah, now hanging out, just keen to get back out on the water, eh? Yeah, awesome conditions. You having any reports on other sort of blue water reef fishing around Gove, or haven't been able to get 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 out far enough in the last few weeks? Oh, mate, I think anyone who's probably tried, good on them. Um, but I haven't heard anything. It's it's honestly been horrific. Um, I think for three or four days last week, it blew thirty knots here. Mm. And um, prior to that, for a week, and after that, it was blowing 20s, and it's just, it's not pleasant, eh? Mm. There's been quite a bit of land base going on lately. I've been one of them, and um, there's been quite a few barrows getting caught, a few jacks, um, just the usual haunts down in, in town here at the hot water outlet and around the um, ramps and the, yeah, and down near the yachty. So, there's, yeah, there's been plenty of good fish getting caught too. Young fellow I'm mates with got an 86 on... Um, Saturday night, I think it was, and um, last week we got a bunch of barrows and jacks as well, so yeah, it's not been too bad over here, considering. In many communities across the top end, Anthony, the hot water outlet is a euphemism for the poo shooter, <laughs> or the town sewerage outfall. Uh, is no, that no. The steaming hot outlet. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's why it's, it's hot. No, they used to have a... Um, the water that goes into the refinery and used to come out, I don't know how many degrees hotter than the actual water, but these days uh, it's part of their wastewater neutralisation thing and um, so it's always running. It's a bit like a runoff and if we get a bit of rain it runs dirty and, yeah, you know, it, I don't know, I think it's just in their bloody DNA, the old barrow. They've just got to hang where water pours in and they're always there. So 86 yeah. land base, nothing to sneeze nothing about. Nothing to sneeze at mm. at all. No, so it's handy. Don't get me wrong. When you when you're tonguing for a fish and it's blowing thirty knots and you can still go and catch a barrel like that, it's all right. Apart from the billies, mate, uh, if the wind stays dropped off, what's your plans? Where will you be haunting in uh, coming weeks? Uh, I'm definitely fishing the billfish comp for a start, and then probably just around the bay and get out and hopefully get out of the bay for a change, which would be good. Go and chase some redfish and some mackerel. See if there's a few of them about. And yeah. It'd just be nice to get out of the bay for a change. Yeah, looking forward to it over in Gove. No doubt everyone is with five to tens planned for the weekend. Hope it's a great shootout. Keep us in contact with um, how the comp goes, mate, and thanks for the catch-up. No worries, mate. All the best, guys. And, um, yeah, probably speak to you next week. Tales from the Tinny. How you going? This is um, John Russo from Offshore Boats. How are you coping four and a half months into what seems to be the never-ending build-up, John? Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty intense. It uh, just drives you crazy at times. I don't remember one like this since, I think it was 2014, 2015. This bad, this hot for this long. We'd, we're within our rights to be whinging, aren't we? Oh, definitely. And there's just strong winds and no rain make it even worse than just having no rain. We have spent the entire tinny, though, looking for some ray or glimmer of hope and finding pretty much none. Uh, you can provide at least something. Yeah, look, we actually did really well over the start of the year um, and the end of December whenever there was breaks in the wind or um, even on the days when it was still quite windy, um, just get, getting out to locations where we could um, manage to fish out, out of the wind a little bit. What sort of winds are you heading out in with punters? Um, we're still going out in kind of uh, 20 to 25 knots. Um, but yeah. Ouch! <laughs> well, when you're in a 7.5 metre stabby, you know, it makes it all right, but also just finding locations where you can fish where you're out of the wind. So how are you holding? Are you anchoring in that or just running in electric? Uh, yeah, mostly anchoring um, and also drifting. Um, yeah, places like Bino and Vernon's and stuff uh, where you can get out of that wind directly. Um, and even still on those days when we had really gusty storms and stuff coming through, uh, we were getting really awesome results on the fish. Let's look at some of those sheltered spots in Ver- around the Vernon's firstly then for those who haven't fished it much, John. Um, yeah, look, it just depends on the um, time of the year, really, and which way the wind's coming. Uh, so because you've got three different islands there, um, whichever way the wind's going, you can fish on the back or the lee side of any of those three islands. Getting out there is not that much of a drama out of leaders either, is it, in, in a reasonable size boat? Yeah, no, I mean, you wouldn't want to underestimate it because it still does get nasty if you're in a smaller boat. Um, but, yeah, in a bigger boat, it's not a problem. Same with Bino, with Indian, aren't we blessed, with Indian Island right in the middle... There's always a way to tuck somewhere out of the wind from any direction. Which which part of the island and the harbour have you been favouring? Um, yeah, that's right. With yeah, with Bino, it's the same. You can go either side of Indian Island, um, and the fish ledges and reefs and stuff that's along those. Um, but yeah, I really do like getting out to the Vernons. Um, yeah, it's got some great spots, and we got a lot of fish from everything from pelagics. We were getting um, even getting tuna right into the middle of January. Um, yeah, and lots of mackerel and um, GTs, and yeah, heaps of good jewies 
bit unusual, those pelagics, tuna and mackies in what should be the wet season? Um, oh, not really. The tuna aren't so common during that time of the year, but the mackerel will come right, feed right through the year. So it's just a matter of getting into places where they hold in the wet season as opposed to where they hold in the dry season. Same techniques as we've talked about before, finding the bait, finding the bommie, uh, and, and drifting through most of those, for the pelagics anyway? Yeah, that's right. Yep. And also casting poppers and, and stuff like that over reef edges. That's really effective. But yeah, for the Mackies, mostly jigging deep water. Um, and for the Jewies, we've really been kind of make, looking in different areas as well. So, for example, we found some really good fish holding in a little six-metre deep spot. Um, and so, yeah, in mid-tide on big spring tides, we were getting Jewies up to a metre 32 um, in shallow waters, which was awesome. That is awesome. Half, halfway through the push of the tide. Yeah, that's right, half tide, just on those really shallow spots. Sometimes the jewies will still feed. Um, yeah, you've just got to fish where, with heavy lead um, and then, yeah, be either or on the upside of a ledge, which helps as well. A steel I-beam would be about sufficient lead weight, wouldn't it? Well, it depends on the, on the depth. When you're in six metres, you know, you can just have a normal sinker and just goes out 20 metres behind the boat. <laughs> but the jewies aren't afraid to, to feed in that strong current. Yeah. And much else on the bottom in terms of reefies other than dewies out around the Vernons at the moment? Uh, yeah, we're getting good goldies. Um, not really massive ones, but up to about kind of 50 centimetre size, so between that 40 and 50s mostly. Um, and yeah, a few uh, picked up a few coral trout on the last trip. Um, so yeah, blue bones, that, all those kind of things uh, are standard. Traditionally, those sort of reef species and pelagics are a bit harder to find in the shelter of bino. Um, more so right out the front there. What, what, were you having any joy inside the shelter around Indian Island? Uh, yeah, not so much with those ones. Um, that was mostly kind of around the Vernons. But, um, but they do actually come, the Big Macs do come right down there as well. So particularly in the dry season, you can catch them right down at Crab Claw. Haven't bar- bothered for Barra or any... Uh, look at the smirk. You're holding? You are. You're doing, I, it, you're doing it again. I mean, what are you holding from us, John? No, I, just, I just went on a little just Barra trip the other evening on Monday afternoon. Went out for a couple of hours just to a local spot, um, land-based. Got four barra, about 65 centimetres. Yeah. I let one go because, uh, you know, three was enough. History has told me don't even bother pursuing it any further than this. I'm wasting my time, aren't I? Look, I'll tell you, it was, it was over a high tide local Darwin fishing. Okay, hard bodies? Uh, live baits. All right, anything else to report, mate? As soon as we get those breaks in the weather, uh, a lot of people underestimate how good this kind of February March time can be for blue water but it's actually outstanding catches we like last year at this time we were bagging out on Dewey's most trips and yeah as soon as we get that break um, yeah we expect to see really good fishing again. It's so true isn't it we hear it consistently particularly from charter guides that the breaks in the wet season that's that's mostly when the dewfish jamboree starts and can be some of the best dew fishing of the entire year. Yeah definitely a lot of people are just so focused on bar and water levels and rivers and rain that they just forget about how good it is and also the max like we get really great max sessions out wide this time of year as well um, on quite big mackerel and um, yeah people kind of not thinking about it though so we're often not many boats out there. Thanks so much for bringing some much-needed buoyancy and positivity back for the tinny in this otherwise extremely depressing uh, wet season, in inverted commas. Good on you, John. No worries at all. On those dark nights, you will get them on the fizzes. A pot of salty silver. Not letting an opportunity go past. It was a solid fish. Yeah, I was stoked. So as you heard... Packy Andy has finally done the job. He's unloaded the tag. He was a nobody. Charity tag. What do they say? From zero to hero. Yeah. In in fifty five centimeters of flesh. From of feather duster to strutting rooster. Isn't he what? Go cock go. Now, if one tag wasn't enough, Andy got <laughs> cocky and headed back out three days later. This is Lisa the Brave. It's been a very long morning. I got a uh, last-minute phone call last night from Packy Andy, who I have been harassing for a number of weeks now. Yeah, yeah, months even. I've been saying, is that tagging? Have you got that tagging? And anyway, last night he rang me and he goes, we're on. Tomorrow we're going to get that tagging. So, yep, on board, come to Adelaide. Stinking hot out here, but well worth it. We didn't even get a hit for hours. Anyway, we're coming up past Kai's place. We had to come in and get a bit of cooling down externally and internally is that correct <laughs> that's correct because packy packed the boat it's his boat and his rig and uh we get on the boat and he tells me there's no beer on this trip today 
which, you know, whatever. We had a job to do. Yeah, treating it pretty much like a workplace because the mission was... <laughs> Well, my previous workplace. Yeah, I was going to say, what kind of workplace are you talking about, Andy? So after a number of hours of flicking and flicking and flicking, uh, no joy, not even a hit, we saw the golden arches of Kai's bar and we went, all right, let's pull in. Let's just, we need to reset and regroup. I asked Kai for a Coke. He laughed at me and gave me a vodka. <laughs> wow. You don't catch fish with no alcohol in the system. <laughs> End of story. Stayed here for about half an hour. And did not prove it. You fished all morning with no alcohol. You didn't catch anything. You were here for half an hour. And we had a win. We did. So we, we were recharged, refreshed, back on the water. The first spot we stopped at, Andy. Yep, one cast, bang, on. Estimated about 54 and a half centimetres, but didn't set the hook properly, so lost that. A little tear ran down your cheek, I saw that. little tear. That, was, that wasn't sweat? No, it wasn't sweat. That was purple potential, but... Um, <laughs> back into it because it's a workplace we don't sulk in the workplace do we and then five minutes later uh whack bang yes <laughs> that was not a log it stopped like a snag and then it ran like a bull and about two minutes later thanks to some very good netting i might add we managed to drag him in a beautiful chrome fat yellow fin silver barrel. okay least the brave going to put the final purple tag in. There you hold it. Yeah, oh, I'm shaking like a little school kid. That's purple. Let's get some photos That's of this in. baby. Where? No one would believe that you spend three months trying to get one and then you get both of them within three days. 68. That's it. Andy, how's it feel? Pretty good. Every time I've been asking you the last three months, how are you going? I know. <laughs> it was almost, I could almost hear the tears in your eyes. I know. Right, put it back. All right. See you, beautiful. Well done. Let's oh. hope someone catches you. Yeah, that's a kick I want. You've gone away? Yep, beautiful. Oh, gone away strong? Yes! Ah, <laughs> oh, operation purple tag. Complete! Complete. <laughs> you know what it was? It was the beer with Kai. Beer with Kai on Goat Island. The sacrificial hair to the and river. The sacrifice of the hair, I have no doubt. You must do that in future to catch a fish. $5,000 just swimming around, waiting to be caught. Mm, it's exciting. <laughs> uh, I know we've sat around this table before too and um, pretty much sat around it with almost water up to our ankles. You've had some pretty big years, but this is not one of those. It's looking pretty good in terms of for, for me, your, it looks good. For it. <laughs> yeah. But for fishing, don't worry, we will get more rain yet. The crimson finches are hanging around. We, just, we saw it this morning. Yeah, they are nice. hanging around, and a couple of the females are looking at slowly building nests. But that means three, two, three, four weeks before we'll see the next monsoon trough, from my point of view, with previous years' experience. Yeah, it's not over yet. No, no. But how much we get, I don't know. Because there's only a few finches. One year we had 100 nests, and that was the year that was back in 07. Mm. And that was the year we had the biggest flood ever. What a Monday. This is all right. <laughs> it ain't blue Monday here. <laughs> <laughs> Call it a gold Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Cheers, boys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers. Good on you. This is almost an unbelievable fairy tale. I mean, yeah, sure, it's months of soul-searching and questioning who he is and why he exists and whether he, he is, in fact, a man. This is the but yin and yang of life, Tim, but the in, suffering versus the elation and joy. It also encapsulates, don't you think, why we go fishing, why we go out for three months getting slammed by storms and rain and catching bugger all, and, and then we keep going. Mm. We go again. Mm. We go again. We go we hunting. Flogging. We go hunting this. And lessons learnt there, I think... Um, Sacrificing hair, uh, which Lisa does on many of her trips. Mm. Uh, sacrificing her hair to the barrow gods worked. Uh, that crimson finches are a, a sound and scientifically proven indication that the wet is on the way and the monsoon will be coming back. Mm -hmm. And that uh, that Andy is a man after all. So those are the lessons. His self-worth restored. All confirmed by scientific data. Uh, Andy actually described Rob a time when he I, he didn't give me permission to share the story but bugger him he's swatting around like an annoying rooster now mm. but he recounted a story when he ran the new york marathon and afterwards he had some issues with passing movements 
uh, for some months actually had, had, had quite a major bowel malfunction. <laughs> and he remarked in passing that catching this barra felt better than the passing of that first motion after a three-month <laughs> uh, three trauma. Wow, now there's mm. a simile that you didn't think it... It was no. nearly as good yeah, that's as the first that's right. snap after three months. That's, that's right. Uh, by the way, um, they both met um, Kai's new dog, the other dog who got eaten by the croc. Sorry about that again, Pepper. Kai. No, yeah, uh, this one's called Muddy. Yeah. So it, off to an inauspicious start, called Muddy because as soon as he took it back to the uh, Goat Island, it ran down the bank on a low tide and got stuck up to its neck in mud. So I don't like the future for Sorry Kai, but... Outlook not looking good. <sighs> anyway, here's the data. Get the pens. 68 centimetres. Location, Adelaide River, upstream from Goat Island. The GPS coordinates, south, 12, 47, 2, 8, 9 East, a 130, 16, 8, 9, 5. Further, caught on the cast by Andrew Wharton on a soft plastic netted by Lisa McTiernan and released very fit. That barramundi is, well, you got the GPS marks. It'll be hanging around very close. It's worth five grand, two and a half grand to you and two and a half grand to charity. Get cracking because there's only a month or so left of MDF. The other two, if you didn't catch them, uh, Mal and Harry, Harry uh, Renfrey on the Vic River. It's not far from Angolari. The GPS marks are on Facebook now, mm-hmm. as they are for Dave Gregory, Bikini Dave's uh, five grand fish at Leaders Creek Mouth. That is $20,000 repeat! It'll make you feel better than passing a marathon stool. Do yourself a favour. $20,000 worth of barramundi in the water for you to catch. Well, that about wraps it up for Tales from the Tinny. But don't forget... The GPS coordinates of all four Tales from the Tinny charity fish have been revealed. Darwin Harbour. West Arm, right inlet. Adelaide River. Just upstream from Goat Island. Leaders Creek. It's right at the mouth. Victoria River. Not too far from Angolari. Catch a charity fish to win $2,500 for charity and $2,500 for yourself. Tales from the Tinny, from 5.30 Friday, and podcasting on the ABC Listen app. All the precise GPS marks are now at ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. You catch one, hopefully it may feel a little like this. (laughs) (laughs) That gun in. You ready for this? You ready for this? Are you ready? Holy... Are you ready? Are you ready, Timmy? I'm ready for that sort of feeling, that's for sure. Thanks to everyone who's been part of the tinny this week. Warren DeWitt, to Packy Andy, of course. Ray from Buff Creek. Glenn from the Tiwis. Anthony from Gove. Ryan, Stacey, Riley and Lewis from Tins and Fins too. Stay out of the water, boys. Mikey finding his feet in Darwin after coming from King Ash Bay. Alan Hunter, rookie, the mighty sloth. Simeon Solidarity, brother. Don't let the bastards wear you down. And Waddy, that's about wraps us up for Tales from the Tinny. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, get either a mullet or a purple tag territory barrel Monday. Fair up, ya! Tales from the Tinny.